It'll surprise you with how small it is, an ungainly, almost primitive-looking boat. It's a piece of historical American technology, though, and it was crucial to landing troops on the coast of Normandy on that fateful D-Day 75 years ago. For the background and why it's perched on the lawn in front of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, I spoke with Press Secretary Paul Facito. He explained, This is known as the Higgins Boat, or as Eisenhower liked to call it, the boat that won the war. Uh, This was... uh, Invented by Andrew Jackson Higgins, uh, who was just inducted into the National Veterans Hall of Fame this year. Um, It was uh, a boat that could get into very shallow water, three feet of water, unlike any other boat that was out there at the time. And uh, you could get in quick. It could bring in 36 armed troops in and out very quickly. It could bring in 13 troops and a jeep. It could bring in 8,100 pounds of ammunition and cargo, get in quickly, and get out quickly. These are the boats that were made famous by storming the beaches of Normandy. They saw tremendous action throughout the South Pacific, North Africa, and these are also the boats that uh, went up the Rhine into Germany. And the history is that the Navy almost never bought them. Exactly. In fact, it wasn't until Andrew Higgins got a contract with the Coast Guard that they were finally able to prove that the boat was actually extremely effective. You know, they, were, uh, they needed to get the boats in and out quickly, and there was no other boat that could do that without running aground. And how did the USPTO come to acquire one, or at least have one temporarily? So with our partnership with the National Vendors Hall of Fame, every year when we have a new class of inductees, we like to kind of swap out the previous year's exhibit and put in the new year's exhibit. And every single inductee has some kind of representation here in the National Veterans Hall of Fame Museum. Uh, What we wanted to do with something as big as the Higgins boat, we really felt it was important to get that boat an opportunity for people to come and see this boat firsthand. There were about 20 of these boats on display throughout the world. They're all behind velvet ropes. We wanted to give the opportunity for people to come, step on that boat, get a feel for what it was like to be landing on the beaches in Normandy, and just to see what this boat is like in person. I think we all have this romanticized idea of what this this boat was. We've seen it on screen. We've seen it in the movies. And to be able to just kind of step out there and stand on it and see what this boat is all about. My grandfather was in one of these boats in the South Pacific uh, during uh, World War II, and uh, it's just amazing to kind of just step out there and see this, this was such a historic and, and, and uh, you know, significant part of our history. And it's a pretty simple craft. I mean, there's a single propeller in the back and a rudder, and otherwise it looks like a gigantic bathtub. What was it that was patented about it? So it was patented for uh, the unique design of the hull, and it was also patented the design of the front door that basically, the ramp that lowers down. So it was with these two patents combined together that made the boat different from anything else that was out there. And again, he basically took what he learned from uh, his experience trying to, uh, you know, use boats in uh, the swamps of Louisiana. And uh, again, he needed something that could go shallow and uh, not get stuck or run aground. And uh, this is exactly the kind of technology that the Navy needed to, uh, to get those uh, troops into the beaches of Normandy. So that patent would have been signed by Franklin Delano Roosevelt? At that point, the presidents were no longer signing patents, uh, but uh, whoever was the, uh, the director or the commissioner of patents at the time definitely would have signed those patents. Because we are, as we speak, standing in the National Museum, uh, National Inventors Hall of Fame, and there are... There are quite a few patents, patents uh, signed, signed here. by the president. You know, as, as, as we've said before, George Washington signed the first few patents. We have patents in here by John Quincy Adams, Thomas Jefferson, Gerald Ford, and, of course, uh, Donald Trump. All right, and while we have you, there are a lot of commemorative items here that helped the World War II effort as we come close to the celebration of D-Day, the 75th anniversary. What are some of the other exhibits? Well, what we have here in the back of the museum, we have a historic section, and it shows a number of other contributions and uh, developments that were invented during World War II that we take 
for granted, but uh, we use every day now. Things like penicillin or nylon, uh, which was used for parachutes. You also have Hedy Lamarr and George Antheil for their frequency hopping communication system. This was uh, a way that uh, we could detect the German U-boats, which uh, you know had uh, quite an advantage until we could uh, detect them. Uh, we've also got styrofoam, and of course we've already talked about the Higgins boat. We have mobile refrigeration. We have super glue. Uh, there, there's quite a bit. Wartime brings an opportunity for a lot of uh, creativity and a need to come up with things out in the field, and a lot of that, uh, we like to call that tech transfer, has transferred back to uh, everyday use. We're speaking with Paul Facito. He is the press secretary at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, and some of the names associated with these patents are still common. There's Samuel Morse, who patented Morse code. That was way back, patent 1647. But I didn't realize that there was a process for condensing milk. I guess that eventually helped a lot of war efforts by Gail Borden, Gail being a man, I believe. There's quite a white beard on there. And uh, there's still Bordens today. Exactly. And who else do we see? Yeah, there's uh, Glenn Hammond Curtis, still a legendary name in aircraft. Exactly. Became Curtis Wright, eventually merged with all of the other aircraft And you have John Philip Holland, uh, uh, who patented the submarine. Now, getting back to the boat, the Higgins boat, this was a naval craft to commemorate D-Day. Is the Navy in any way participating in some ceremonies? There, there are ceremonies all across the country. So the Navy, the Marines, all of the branches of the military that, uh, that use the Higgins boats are doing uh, different things. On uh, June 5th and 6th, we're actually going to have some reenactors who are going to come here. Uh, people are welcome to come down and, and uh, get their photos taken and, and talk to the folks that actually own that boat. It's a group out of Ohio that has about uh, five or six of these boats that they fully restored. And uh, they go out and they give rides on these boats. So it'll be a really neat opportunity to not only see the boat in person, but to actually get to talk to the folks that know the real history and run and maintain these boats. People should go to the USPTO website and read about Andrew Higgins, whose boat is at the center of all of this. He kind of looks like Jackie Gleason, but uh, was quite a character. Yeah, and he was uh, also one of the first uh, businessmen to fully integrate a workforce. Uh, When he came up to ramping up the production for the boats, uh, they made about 23,000 of these boats during the war. He basically hired everyone, black, white, male, female, and he paid them all the same. There was no discrimination uh, when it came to Higgins and uh, the need to get these boats produced quickly, efficiently, and uh, he was one of the first really integrated employers in the New Orleans area. And I think it's worth noting, too, that besides the patent, this was a man who was in some ways an aimless kind of guy before the outbreak of World War II, but the existential threat to the nation galvanized someone whose talents came to the fore that might otherwise have been lost to history. Exactly. And he saw a need and he saw a solution that he had. And while it took uh, a bit of grit and a bit of uh, perseverance, uh, you know, he finally was able to get that contract. And, uh, you know, Eisenhower said that if uh, if it wasn't for Higgins, they would have had to completely uh, replan how they would have won this war. And how long will the landing craft be out front of USPTO? The boat will be here through uh July 27th. Uh, You can come and actually walk on the boat uh, Monday through Saturday. Uh, The boat is closed for walking on Sundays, but you can still come and see it outside. And we recommend it because there's a lot to do in Alexandria and Old Town, but take another couple blocks walk and see it. Fantastic. And again, we have the National Letters Hall of Fame Museum, which has all of the exhibits for this year's class of inductees. And Andrew Higgins is right there out front. Paul Facito is press secretary at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The Higgins boat will be there until July 27th. We'll post photos of the Higgins boat and a link to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, 
it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.